Hello, this is episode 296, and today we're chatting about juggling a household of non-keto family members, state of mind to stay in keto when nobody else in your family or in your household is, intermittent fasting in your family and how to coordinate everything. Today was supposed to be a Q&A episode. But we didn't receive any questions, which is, this has never happened in the history of ever. So if you want me to do a QA and a episode with your keto questions, head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact, post your question, and it will be added to an upcoming episode. And I love answering your questions on the show. So if you have a question for me, that's where you can go to ask your question and I will post it on an upcoming episode. So today's episode is now a keto experience episode. I'm chatting with Katie Williams about how she manages keto with her family. Her family has chosen not to do keto with her. So just coordinating, you know, I know that this is something so many of us struggle with and something that I had to do for the first couple of years being keto when my husband Kevin was not along for the ride. So it gets a lot more complicated, of course, when you do have children. And so today's episode is going to be great for that. If you have questions about today's content or you're curious about certain things, again, the best place to reach me is to go to health healthfulpursuit.com slash contact. Ask me a question there and I will answer it. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've created a free guide with tips on how to start keto and maintain your fat-fueled life. Grab it at healthfulpursuit.com slash free as a little thank you for listening to the show. Hey, Katie, how's it going? Good. How are you, Leanne? I'm so good. I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast. As everyone knows, I love these keto experience things because it's, it's like so rare that we get to listen to podcasts of like regular people, you know? So I'm really happy to have you on the show. And why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your life and what's going on? Okay. So my name is Katie Williams and I live in the Midwest United States. And I grew up here with the exception of being an exchange student in college. I have, and my parents lived in Montana for a couple of years while I was in college. But for the most part, I have lived in this area, born and bred. The city I'm from is called Peoria, Illinois. And I grew up, I did not grow up on a farm, but in a a smaller town and but I was involved in 4-H and that is kind of where I started with my interest in food and cooking. I did food demonstrations um, and actually one for the state. I think I was maybe 12 years old. <laughs> made a meatloaf, so won some money and that's really where I kind of learned to cook. And my mom was always a cook, a big cook, and we had a lot of homemade meals and all that. And then. Then when I was 22, I had my my oldest son. And when I was pregnant with him, I developed 
horrible heartburn. And that was really up until then, I'd had no health issues, very active, started working out when I was like 12 years old, and pretty much could eat whatever I wanted. I was very skinny. But when I was pregnant with him, I, I started having some health issues. So started with the heartburn. I could not drink water without getting heartburn. Oh I ate Tums, the maximum amount of Tums as I could. So this was back in 1996. So I didn't, I wasn't interested in really getting on a medication, but maybe I should have don't know. But since I had him, I developed after I had him, I continued to have chronic heartburn. After I gave birth to him and was still having problems, I did start taking over the counter antacids, which did help. However, I took them for 20 years nonstop, except for when I was pregnant with my other three children. So I have now 20 year olds, and then I have a 14 year old and then a almost five-year-old and a three-year-old. So with the exception of during those pregnancies, I took over-the-counter medication for heartburn. And then probably two years ago or so, I started learning more about paleo. And I've always kind of been a hippie at heart and not really interested in a lot of medication. And I've evolved uh, really since then and really focusing on some possible food sensitivities and trying to figure that out. And it, it helped. I stopped taking over-the-counter antacids in October of 2015. And proud to say I've not taken any since then. It was kind of a process, though, to, to get to that point and have since um, realized that I have a sensitivity to gluten and possibly dairy. I'm kind of figuring that one out right now. But about probably seven months ago, I started hearing about keto. And one other issue that I'd had, which I I didn't really try to figure out was I have hypoglycemia. And I had it since I was little, but I didn't have it a lot. It really only happened on the weekends. So I'm, I'm not sure about that. But yeah, it was weird. But I never knew what it was until a couple years ago. I just knew I didn't feel very well if I ate a really high carbohydrate breakfast. And I'd get really sluggish and didn't, just didn't feel well. So I married a type 1 diabetic six years ago. And one time I was just feeling not so great after I had some carbs in the morning and I took my blood sugar because he has a monitor here and my blood sugar was like 60 or something. So I started kind of testing my blood sugar more and realized that I had this, it's called a reactive hypoglycemia. So that really, when I started hearing about keto, I first reacted because I was very familiar with ketoacidosis being married to a type 1 diabetic. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, no, not doing that. That's bad. I don't want to be in the hospital. But then I learned more about what keto is and that it's not ketoacidosis. 
And so I have been focusing on keto since probably April or May. And I heard about you pretty quickly after I started hearing about keto and learning about it from Jimmy Moore. So I started kind of listening to your podcast, Leanne and Jimmy Moore's. I'm kind of a podcast addict. I think I subscribe to 75 podcasts. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Constantly. Yes. I love them. And really started focusing on that hypoglycemia because along with the hypoglycemia, I have been kind of struggling with anxiety and panic attacks and some memory issues, I guess. So that's kind of been my focus for the last six months is trying to find my right balance with keto. I definitely feel a lot better eating keto and a higher fat and just trying to kind of stay consistent and continue to work on it because being you know, married to a diabetic, but also living in a place that we don't have a ton of, we don't have Whole Foods. My nearest Whole Foods is two and a half hours away and Trader Joe's is two and a half hours away. So Mm. I have to order a lot on Amazon, but just being in this environment, I am tempted all the time. And I know everybody's tempted all the time, but I've really had some challenges trying to eat this way. um, consistently. So what sort of challenges have you had? Like you talked a little bit about grocery accessibility. How many of your children are still still living at home? Because I'm sure that that's a challenge too, depending on how they eat, right? Yeah, so my oldest uh, lives on his own, and then my other three live at home. So they're all very different ages. So my 14-year-old, my approach with all of them has been to not force it down their throat. Um, my husband, especially, because he he became a type 1 diabetic actually six years ago. So the man is the last person on earth who should be a type one diabetic. He loves carbs, loves donuts, cake, everything, bad carbs. So he's also, it's been a a real challenge with him because he has had to completely change. He's supposed to eat better, I guess I should Mm -hmm. say, but he really struggles with that because how he his whole life basically got turned upside down when he became type one diabetic. So he, he struggles with his A1C and he really, he likes to eat carbs. And so I'm trying to live by example and really cook in a way that he knows he can add what he wants. If he wants to add a dinner roll or have a bowl of cereal, I'm not going to say anything to him necessarily. I want him to see and hear about what has worked for me and to hopefully help him along. So he also likes meat and fat. (laughs) So that helps, except he's also eating carbs, which is not good. So I, I try to vocalize with him, you know, Hey, I woke up this morning and I feel great. And my blood sugar is 70 and I haven't had any carbs. And I, 
with my energy level too. I was really struggling with energy a couple of years ago and just having really bad fatigue. And I'll, you know, I'll say, you know, I just feel so good today and I'm going to clean the house and I'm going to do these things. And just so he just kind of sees what my approach is and hopefully, hopefully will ask me questions. Yeah. I'm kind of following your path. I totally understand what you're saying. It's like when I started meditating and doing yoga and stuff, instead of pushing people and be like, Oh babe, you got to try this. You got to do it. I just started looking more calm and, and dealing with situations a little bit better. And then Kevin was like, wait a minute, what are you doing? Tell me more. And that's kind of how you get people hooked without going crazy. Because could you imagine if you're pushing this down people's throats and they were getting frustrated with you and that's, that doesn't improve your living situation. That makes things worse. So I right. think that that's a amazing way of going about it of just, I'm going to do me. And when I start to, you know, function a little bit differently and I'm in a better mood, people will ask me, what are you doing? What's your secret? And then you can tell them they kind of open up the door for you. So that's really good. So how do you balance cooking for the family? Like all the different meals. How do you do that? What's your strategy? <laughs> So I meal prep a lot on the weekends for myself. So I have a, I work about 45 minutes away from where I live and my husband stays at home with the kids. So I have really been focusing on meal prepping on the weekends. So while I meal prep, I'll make I'll make big batches of food that the family will also eat. So I'll make something in the the slow cooker, a meat, mostly a meat, couple meat dishes. And then I will prepare the additional food on the side. Mostly I buy bagged salads. There's a kale salad that I like that I buy. Um, I buy a couple bags of those because I do all the work basically on the weekends because during the week with my commute, the last thing I want to do is cook when I get home. So I do, like I said, large batch cooking on the weekends and then also feed my family from that food. And I take my kids to the grocery store with me as well. The little ones are a lot easier to talk to about it than my 14-year-old. The little ones are, we've been focusing on what they what they're eating and they're not the best eaters to be honest so they're pretty picky but i make a huge big deal when they do eat something that is healthy for them and really talk to them about you know all these chips that we have you know let's maybe eat some cheese or maybe eat some bacon they love bacon and cheese they love eggs and so i and fruit but i i just try to get them involved in the process I've bought a couple cookbooks that were more focused on little kids because they're age, you know, almost five and three. So they're, they're pretty little, but they do really like to help. So I'll try to make different kind of easy dishes. And I bought a book, Eat Like a Dinosaur, to try to get them excited. Sometimes they're excited, sometimes they're not. And my older two, my oldest is actually probably the best eater of the four. When he 
he was little, he really got into helping me cook and he'd pretty much eat whatever I put in front of him. But with the two little ones, I found that even if they help me um, make something, they won't always try it, which is frustrating because that was always my strategy before. And it, it doesn't work great all the time, but I just, I can't give up. I don't want to give up. And I'm hoping that eventually they, they'll realize, you know, that they feel better when they eat better. And I just, it's similar to my approach with my husband. I just try to be an example and try to talk to them about it and try to get them involved. A while back, we received a question on the podcast about keto bars and how easy it is to eat two, three, or four bars in one sitting. Now, I've thought a lot about this like for quite a while, and I too struggled with it to the point where I couldn't have keto bars in the house because I would eat far too many in place of preparing like a proper balanced keto meal. There's some days where a take along with you bar is convenient and at times absolutely necessary. So I started looking for an alternative, something more balanced and a bar that would deliver nutrients, not just a balance of macros where my body would be satiated by one and not in search of more and more and more. Like I think one time I had six keto bars in one sitting and I didn't feel so good after. And then I found that very bar. So here are the ingredients in the new bar that I'm now eating only one of at, at each sitting. Organic cashew butter, organic tapioca fiber syrup, 100% grass-fed bone broth protein, organic dried apples, organic dates, organic pumpkin seeds, organic superfood blend, which includes organic kale, organic broccoli, organic spinach, organic acerola, organic wild blueberry, organic spirulina, organic ginger, organic turmeric, organic sunflower lecithin, organic cinnamon, organic flavors, Himalayan pink sea salt, organic rosemary extract, and monk fruit extract. Now this is made with certified organic, if you didn't catch that, organic, <laughs> antioxidant-rich superfoods, cold-pressed, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, non-GMO, contains healthy proteins, fats, and vital nutrients, no added sugars, artificial sweeteners, or sugar alcohols. It's very low in natural sugars at four grams or less, depending on the flavor, and it's whole food-based. Now, this bar is from Paleo Valley. They call it the superfood bar, and I'm happy to report I eat one, and I'm satiated, and I move on. No more bar binges. Now, this is huge, 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 huge for me. Head on over to paleovalley.com, load up your cart with superfood bars and whatever else you find that tickles your fancy, enter the code KETO at checkout and receive 15% off your first order. Again, that's paleovalley.com and use the code KETO for 15% off your first order. Yeah, the education piece is so important. I know that my mom, every time we made something or made our lunches, she was always explaining, you know, with the information she had at the time, I mean, fat was bad back then. So she's like, you yes. know, margarine is better because blah, blah, blah. But, you know, just like that really ingrained, maybe not the right things in my brain, but just I, I understood what I was eating and what it did to my body. And that was really cool for, for my mom to do that. So that's really interesting that you're doing that as well. And also the batch cooking too. 
is so important. Like I know for me, yeah. it's the meat. I find the meat, the, cha- the most challenging piece. Cause it takes forever to cook. And like you said, those side items like salad and stuff that can be whipped up really quickly, yeah. but you know, throwing a big roast in the slow cooker and having it cook and then freezing it in portions that goes a long way to your week. So that's really, really awesome. So you mentioned a little bit about picky eaters and just encouraging them with different types of foods and having foods in the house. So I wanted to point to that too. Now, would you say that you encourage your children to eat more keto? Like, do you have more keto foods in the house than you do like carby foods? And I know that we had a lot of moms ask, like, I eat keto and my, my kids seem to be interested in fat. Do other moms, are other moms nervous about giving their kids too much fat? Are you nervous about that? No, um, <laughs> because I, they could probably eat more fat because there there's, you know, still a good amount of carbs in the house. And with them being home, you know, most of the time and I'm at work, I don't have a ton of control over what they're eating here. So I feel like at this point, if I'm focusing on fat at dinner, that's probably going to balance out (laughs) what they hate during the week. It's one of my goals this year. I really, really want to get them more interested in eating better because it just I know what carbs, you know, can do to the body and they're growing and they need the fat for their brains. And I really want to make a difference there this year. So yeah, it's, I'm, you know, a lot of times at dinner, we'll have bacon, eggs and cheese and possibly some nut butters. So it's not, you know, real exciting food that we're focusing on, but hopefully enough fat to off to balance out the other stuff they're eating. Yeah. kind of like offset. I do the same thing with my husband. Like I know that when he goes out with his buddies, he's drinking beer and having burgers, you know, with fries and like all the things, but you know, when he's at home, you know, I make the food and usually I just make him what I make, what I have, but he always says, yeah. I need carbs with this. I need carbs with this. Yeah. So I just like cook a little sweet potato and I found these like little mini sweet potatoes are like the size of your palm. And then he gets yeah. a little bit of carbs, but it's not the momentous piece. And that's all you can really do is like, you can't really control what they're going to do outside the home without making them go crazy. But, you know, you can, you know, influence or encourage them to eat certain things when you're in the house. And I think we can get so overwhelmed. Like I speak with some women that are like, this kid likes this thing and this kid likes this thing and my husband eats this way and I eat that way. Like, how do I make it all work? So I really liked your tip on food prepping and really it comes down to protein. Like usually the whole family will eat the same type of protein and then it's just about adding extra things on there, would you say? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So that's exactly what I do is I focus on the protein um, on the weekends and then add, you know, a couple of sides and everybody gets that because everybody likes that. And then if, you know, my husband wants a roll or extra carbs, whatever, then that's kind of up to him. You know, I will, he'll break out the little Debbie box every once in a while and I kind of give him a look, but (laughs) um, (laughs) I try not to be too overbearing about it because that'll just, he'll just react to that. And, you know, he's an adult. He can make his decisions. But hopefully I'm, you know, kind of getting through a little bit. Yeah, baby steps. (laughs) 
I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. How do you manage outside of the home? Like, do you have friends or family members outside of the home that totally judge you (laughs) for your eating choices? Yeah. So it's kind of across the board. So friends at work, most of the time I bring my lunch, but for example, today I have lunch plans with a friend at work and most of the time I will, when we're talking about where we're going to go, I will make the suggestion. So for example, today I was chatting with my friend about where we were going to go. And, um, I had suggested a place like a burger place and, uh, she's like, well, I'm, you know, that's fine. And so I will look at the menu ahead of time. Most of the time, what the cool thing with keto to me is you can find anything anywhere. So, you know, I'm, thinking, okay, I'll get a cheeseburger with a lettuce bun instead of a bun. And, um, I can't get the fries and you know, my, I've been somewhat vocal with my friends, not real vocal about it, but they'll, they'll make comments, you know, Oh, you know, you're having a salad or, Oh, you got a burger without a bun. I have found that they kind of feel guilty a little bit. And I have one friend, especially that when we go out for lunch, I am very tempted to not eat healthy. We'll go to Jimmy John's and she'll get, you know, chips and fries or chips and pop and sandwich with bread. And I've tried a couple times to stick with my way of eating, but I've just found when we go there, I just want to splurge. So I suggested we go somewhere else like Panera that I'm not going to be as tempted. I do have, you know, part of my family that they will give me a hard time. They'll give me a hard time about the gluten-free thing. And sometimes I just laugh it off, but there's been a couple times that I've said, well, you know, when, when I feel good and I'm not fat and then I guess we'll see. And, uh, (laughs) so, you know, I'll, I can laugh it off, but it also is kind of upsetting, honestly, because it, surprises me that people think that processed food is actually better or that I'm the weird one. But I guess I can understand since not a lot of other people eat this way. And they've seen me, you know, try different things. And I think for me too, it's really important that I stick with it when I'm with them. Otherwise, it becomes even more of a reason for them to give me a hard time. If I say, oh, I'm not eating, you know, as many carbohydrates. And then the next time they see me, I'm partaking in a big pizza. They're like, yeah, you know, Katie's really serious about this, right? So it has been, I've definitely not been perfect, but I've really tried as especially the last six months have have gone along to just continue to work on it and just continue to really stick with this way of eating so that I'm being consistent and with how I feel about how others are eating that I'm a good example. So and I can only be a good example if I'm eating the way I need to eat when I'm with my friends and family. Yeah, you bring up so many good points. 
like I know that with my sister, I find that when we're together, we really like eating like junk food. That's how we grew up, you know? So it's very easy for us to get into that pattern. And both of us know that carbs don't make us feel good. So what we've decided is that we just don't have activities that surround food. So, you know, instead of going out for dinner, you know, we'll go to a ceramic class or last week we did like a painting class. So we're always trying to come up with different ways to spend time together, but that it doesn't always have to be around food because there are those people. I totally get what you're saying. Or those places, like when you go, like when her and I go to any place that has candy, like any place, it doesn't even matter. We're loading up the candies before we even know what's happening. So, so it's just like when you're with that person and in that environment, it's just so easy to get back into those patterns and, you know, to know that those patterns don't make you feel good and that you don't actually want to engage in those until like, not to say like in three or four or five years, you'll probably be able to go to that place with that person and be like, no, I just don't feel like that. But when it's so fresh, sometimes it's just like quitting smoking. You can't be around a bunch of smokers, you know, because you'll want one, you'll see them doing it. And even years, like it's probably been, well, it's been nine years since I quit smoking. And still, when I see somebody smoking, just sometimes I'm like, oh, that looks really good right now. So like it, it, it takes time. And have you ever, like, I know when I was first getting going with keto and there are a lot of people judging me, I would kind of hide what I was eating in order to avoid judgment. Have you done that? Maybe a little bit. What I've done more of is when we have a get together, especially with my family, I will bring dishes that are more keto and I don't announce to them, you know, that, oh, this is keto because then they'll look at me and and not want to try it. (laughs) I did this, especially at Thanksgiving and where I brought a bunch of dishes that were gluten-free. I made a gluten-free stuffing, but I did not. I just said, this is the stuffing and everybody ate it. Nobody said anything. So it was good. With the hiding, I don't know if I if I hide it, but at work, a lot of times I will need to heat up my food. So I'll bring a couple of fried eggs and you know some bacon and some avocado and I'll go and heat it up in the microwave and I'll get some looks sometimes or people, you know, hey, you really like bacon. You know, what's up with that? Aren't you afraid you're going to get a heart attack? And I, I just kind of like, nope, it's, you know, I eat a higher fat, low carb diet and like, oh, okay. So, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll kind of feel like I don't want to, if I'm not really in the mood to have the conversation with somebody, I'll kind of, you know, go and heat it up when nobody's around. But most of the time, you know, people aren't really paying attention to what I'm eating. Um, They're kind of caring more about themselves, but I need to, you know, that's one thing that I thought about too, is I want to have a better kind of elevator speech about it. So when people do ask me, I don't kind of get embarrassed or feel put on the spot and it's enough to maybe spark an interest in people because I've not really ever had anybody say, Hey, can you, you know, can you tell me more about that? It's like, well, okay, well, good, good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Totally. I have a very um, meticulously perfect 
perfected elevator speech, uh, speech rather, but I need to change a little bit because I always say I'm a nutritionist. And yesterday I got into a three hour conversation at the camera store about nutrition and diet. And I was like, what did I do? I have so many things to do, (laughs) you know? But yeah, it's so cool when you can see that light bulb, like For example, the gentleman that I was speaking to had a diabetic wife. And when I said ketosis, he was like, blah, just like you. Like, no, no, no. And then when I explained it, he's like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. Tell me more. So I think, you know, when you see that light bulb switch off in people's heads, you know, being so passionate about this and yeah, it was a long conversation about nutrition, but a lot of people were listening and that can be really cool to just Mm -hmm. get people engaged and get them thinking about the food that they're eating and and what that impact has on their body. And, and that can be, you know, that changes the game for so, so many people. So yeah, that elevator pitch is, is really nice to have. And also like not caring about what other people think. I think that was a big thing for me. Um, The first time I went out for dinner with my family, it was breakfast and all they had on the menu was bacon that I could eat. So I asked for six orders of bacon because it was two strips each and a thing of mayo. And I was like dipping the the bacon in the mayo. (laughs) And my family was like, oh my gosh, I'm really concerned, blah, blah, blah. And I knew that that was going to be an issue. So I just came up with like three different studies that I had read and things that I was going to say. And I just said, you know, here's kind of what I have to say to you. And if you're not okay with it, that's great. But I'd like you to keep your comments to yourself because I'm doing this for my health. And Mm -hmm. it really depends on the type of people you're talking with, because sometimes you're right. They, they care more about themselves than they do about you. They're just like, why is that girl eating so much bacon? Okay. That's cool. Like (laughs) I I really struggle with eating out in restaurants just in general. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I grew up where my mom cooked all the time. We lived kind of further out from town. We actually didn't have any place that delivered or anything to us. So we, our big treat for the week was going out to lunch after church. And I view going out to dinner or lunch as a treat. Therefore, I feel that I need to treat myself. (laughs) So that's something that I've really tried to work on. And I'm, you know, again, not perfect at it at all. Especially when I'm with my husband, we don't get a lot of time to ourselves. So when we do get to go out to dinner by ourselves, I want to get a beverage, alcoholic beverage, which then I don't feel well. So I've, I've really tried to focus on remembering how crappy I feel when I eat a bunch of tortilla chips, or I drink a big margarita or whatever. And that has seemed to help some Sometimes I still will forget or conveniently forget that it's going to make me feel nasty, but slowly but surely kind of getting that way. But one thing you said, too, with uh, that kind of triggered a thought about the hiding, you know, we'll go out for dinner with especially more with my husband's family. And I won't, you know, if if someone's asking where we want to go, a lot of times I'll just say, you know, wherever, you know, it's usually someone's birthday, wherever that person wants to go. I can, I can find something is what I'm thinking, but sometimes I will, I don't like shouting my order across the table necessarily. So I'll kind of have the the waiter come over closer to where I am just to kind of talk through the special, the special uh, needs that I might have for whatever I'm ordering. And then that just, it just doesn't, you know, introduce the opportunity for someone to start, you know, picking on me a little bit about what I'm eating. So 
That's brilliant. Yeah, I'm. I hate yelling my order across the table. Yes, I do. I just. I can't even. Like, I will wait. I the waiter will be on the opposite side of the table, and I'll just pretend like I don't know that he's waiting for me to say something mm-hmm. until he comes over. Just yeah. because, yeah, it's it's such a personal thing, and it just. Yeah, I totally agree. And to, you know, your point to after church going out and, you know, that connection of just like it just being such a natural thing to just go out and eat or, you know, when you get a burger, you have to get fries. Right. And it's just right. like yep. changing that pattern. And you really, really have to be patient with yourself. Like yeah. it, it, it's, it takes time. It's just like, you know, learning how to dance. You don't just all of a sudden, you know, rock out like a pro, you got to take it slow and learn every step. And there's going to be fumbles along the way. It's, it's so true keto flu impossible fasting symptoms that stop you mid fast cravings at any hour of the day or feeling off after a sweaty workout these are some of the signs that you're low in electrolytes when i first started keto i made all of the mistakes one of the biggest ones was not supplementing with electrolytes and still seven years into keto i often forget how essential electrolytes are honestly it's easy to forget to take electrolytes because well a lot of them don't taste very good or work very well enter element the most delicious well-balanced electrolyte powder i've personally tried like ever add to water and enjoy any time of day these electrolytes are salty as they should be quenching your thirst and hitting the spot and the best part when you head to drinklmnt.com slash kdp you'll receive a free element sample pack you only pay five dollars for shipping the sample pack includes eight packets of element that includes two citrus two raspberry two orange and two raw unflavored go to drinklmnt.com forward slash kdp for your free sample pack i love element and i really think you're going to too again that's drinkelement.com forward slash kdp to get your free sample pack and if you don't love it they will refund your five dollars no questions asked do you fast do you intermittent fast and how do you handle that with your children do they ask you questions about like mommy why aren't you eating and how do you yeah i do actually i have noticed that for whatever reason i don't know just my body my body just loves the fat and i'm not nearly as hungry and i will fast quite often on the weekends and i'm just not hungry and I feel really good. And I'm not currently checking my ketones. I, I've been looking into a ketone meter, but the prices of the strips are, are prohibited, oh, yeah. prohibitive to me. Um, but been checking more my blood sugar and just knowing what the signs are being in ketosis, I can tell, you know, that I'm, I'm there and then I'm just not hungry. And my, I don't know if anybody really notices, I will make a comment, you know, I'll, I'll not really eat much in the mornings, you know, during the weekend. And then by the time, you know, one o'clock, two o'clock rolls around, I might make a comment like I am hungry, you know, and everybody else, a lot of times on the weekends, the family just kind of snacks. And so it's not really 
real obvious, I guess, to them that I haven't eaten other than when I you know, make a comment about, oh, I haven't eaten since yesterday at five. <laughs> I'm getting a little hungry. I'm going to make some food for us to eat. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So, and in the mornings, you know, I, I get up before I'm up and out the door to work before anybody here is, is awake. So a lot of times at work, I'll just be sipping, you know, my coffee or, or some water or whatever. And people aren't really noticing too much. So it's easier. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Makes it easier. And so with this decision, you know, you said in April, 2016, you decided to kind of do this keto thing. What kind of state of mind have you had to keep yourself in during this process? Because it can be quite challenging. You're going up against a lot of different things. You know, kids need different things and your husband needs a different thing and you need a different thing. How have you stayed in a certain state of mind to be able to move forward? What has been your state of mind throughout this? Yeah, it 2016 really, when I reflect on it, has been pretty amazing. And more so because I really struggled up until April, I'd say I struggled with emotional eating. So, you know, if if I had a good day, I deserved a treat when I got home or a glass of wine or I had a bad day, I deserve a glass of wine or a treat. 2016 was actually a very stressful year. We had just, and actually around the time I started keto, we started just having some challenges. We had, I live in an older home and it seemed like everything was breaking and they're expensive and my ex-husband lost his job. And so we were, you know, having to go to court for that. And just one thing after another seemed like throughout the entire year was really stressful. But I'm really proud to say that I was able to really focus on what I was eating and eating better and feeling better and not just relying on exercising because I tend to be a little bit of an over-exerciser. And what kept me really on point was listening to the different podcasts and listening to your podcast, Leanne. And I really just mentally feel great when I'm staying on track and just keeping focused on how happy that makes me feel to be eating well and also be in, you know, listening to what the community is talking about and trying different things. And it was kind of, it kind of became my little world of nutrition. And I just am so passionate about it and love it and makes me feel good. I really have been proud that I've been able to stay focused on it despite a lot of really stressful things. And, you know, January was just continued to be extremely stressful. But I would say maybe, you know, one time I was like, you know, I, I wish I could just eat whatever I wanted to eat and feel good and just not have to worry about it anymore. But then I, you know, listen to the podcast, I read the emails, I read the newsletters and was like, no, I'm, I don't want to go backwards. I want to keep going forward in this and, you know, continue to reach 
toward my goals and, you know, feel really good, hopefully improve my memory, you know, really battle the fatigue and the hypoglycemia and keep my insulin in check because it is important. I don't want to uh, have, you know, problems in the future and I just, I need to stay focused. So I'm just, just focusing on that and um, not wanting to go backwards because I do really feel like I was fortunate enough to define the right path for me and for what makes me feel good and just don't want to go backwards. Yeah, that's really important. I love that, you, you know, staying focused and being inspired by other people's stories and just, you know, it's, it's the same thing with anything, really just entrenching that belief into everything. And when you feel like, you're kind of veering off, just like listening to more things and getting yourself refocused. And it's really, it sounds like you really have to put yourself as a priority. Like you're a mom of four children. (laughs) Like it just blows my mind not being a mother and having dogs. And I'm like, I mean, we're at the vet every week with our dogs. Like I couldn't even imagine four children. Like it's like a whole other level and, and the power and uh, determination that it takes to put yourself as a priority and realize that, you know, if you're not, if you're not healthy and you're not feeling your best, you can't be there for your family period. So it takes a lot of courage to do what you're doing and to put yourself as a priority every day, you. you know, so kudos to you on that. That's a huge, huge deal. What are your favorite podcasts? Cause you have 75 of them. So there's gotta be some that stick out that maybe others should be listening to that are listening right now. Yeah. So it's kind of a mix between keto and paleo, most, most of it. So yours, Leanne, um, and two keto dudes. I like them. Uh, all of Jimmy Moore's podcasts, uh, live in La Vida, low carb and low carb. Well, now the low carb conversations that he's transitioned to the other two health practitioners and the, the fasting one with, with Dr. Fung. That one is interesting just because, you know, with the fasting, I'm, I'm, like I said, have done the intermittent fasting, but it's something new um, to be th- for me to think about. Also really enjoy the Paleo Women Balanced Bites podcast with Diane Sanfilippo, probably Fed and Fit I also listen to Jillian Michaels. So sometimes I want to quit Jillian Michaels. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> but for some reason, I keep going back. But yeah, it, it kind of depends on my mood of the day. But I would say those are those are kind of my my highlights. Yeah, that's great. Totally. I really like the Charlene Johnson podcast yeah. as well. Yeah, <laughs> I am like... subscribed to those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, recently started a blog actually at the beginning of January and I was listening to like the Shalene Johnson ones just with, you know, the building a business and things like that. So that's kind of my, my dream to eventually possibly go back to school and get some type of a nutrition degree. I am, that is not my profession now. So it's kind of a a long-term dream, but I do occasionally listen to that. And also Diane Sanfilippo had a, has a podcast, the build a badass business um, that she stopped a year ago. But I'm still trying to kind of listen to the the previous ones that she had recorded. So and they got a lot of meat in them. There's a lot of stuff. Same with like Amy Porterfield. I can only listen to one of her podcasts a month because she gives so much information about business that it just like there's too much. Like I listen to one a month. I can't keep up. So oh, that's so good. Yeah, I'm obsessed with podcasts too. I always have them playing 
all the time. So yep. that's good to know. And yeah, I wrote down a couple that I hadn't listened to. So thanks for that. Um, and my last question, the resources that you use, you mentioned that you didn't have a lot of grocery stores and no Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. You mentioned that you ordered stuff on Amazon. Are there certain other stores that you like to order from or different tools and tricks that you have for, you know, living in a place where there isn't a lot of um, accessibility to keto foods? Most of the time I do order through Amazon, but I have ordered through Thrive Market and probably need to do a better job of ordering through through Thrive Market with just the, the deep discounts. But I have found that, you know, my local, it's Kroger, and occasionally I'll see something pop up on the shelf and I'll do a happy dance, like I literally do a happy dance in the middle of the aisle. They recently started carrying Tessame's dressing, salad dressing, and so excited. And it was like two for $4 or something. So I bought a whole bunch of them. But there's actually a, so I live in the Midwest. We have a lot of farmer's markets, but they're most, they're just during May through September, October. But there is a new co-op store that's being built right now in the town that I work. And it is, it's a co-op. So I want to buy a share of that co-op because then you can be part of the decisions of what what they carry in the store. But from what I understand, they're primarily, they will be selling produce and I think meat from all the local farmers. I'm pretty excited about that. It's supposed to open in April. So I'm planning on that being my primary source of groceries here in the near future. Brilliant. That is awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Katie. Uh, you shared some really great tips and tools for people. And I know that it's going to be super helpful for a lot of of people listening and especially women trying to juggle their families or men trying to juggle family life. So yeah, thanks so, so much. Thank you, Leanne. I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Next up on the podcast, Sunday, February 14th, we have episode 297, where my friend Leah Harvey and I are chatting about that miserable diet life, how to really shift your protocols so that you're taking care of your body and not just Oh, trying to fit in that diet box because it's, it's, as you know, it's quite miserable. Then Sunday, February 21st, episode 298, I'm joined by my friend, Dr. Will Cole. We're chatting about intuitive fasting. Yes, intuitive fasting. Such a great combination. Can't wait to share this interview with you. So I will see you next Sunday. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.